Welcome back to Wherever You May Be, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. Before we begin, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Attention parents and students, we have an incredible exclusive offer from our friends at ProPrep. This is the perfect study tool for university students undertaking science, technology, engineering or maths related modules. It can halve your study time. ProPrep provides bite-sized videos relevant to the module or course which can be accessed from any device at any time. It has already helped over 500,000 students to pass their exams. They provide customised STEM study tools that match your syllabus. Long lectures are condensed into short and clear video tutorials. And after the videos, you can go through what you've just learned with interactive exercises and practice questions so you'll be ready. You can even submit questions to the ProPrep professors and receive a video answer within 24 hours. ProPrep created a special offer just for our listeners. All you need to do is go to their website, www.proprep.uk forward slash info forward slash football for more information. And our listeners can sign up for a free 30 day trial now. No credit card information required. That's P-R-O-P-R-E-P.uk forward slash info forward slash football. ProPrep, the ultimate study tool. Right, let's get straight into it then. Today I'm joined once again by Krish. How are you, Krish? In the Christmas spirit. Yeah. Yeah, just literally dodging dodging COVID left, right, and centre. Honestly, it's horrible, (laughs) isn't it? Like it seems that everyone around, like everyone, just has it right now. But anyway, we don't want to talk about COVID because that is everything that everyone is talking about right now. I want to get straight into. Chelsea into the semi-finals of the League Cup, the third semi-final uh, under Thomas Tuchel already. Um, it was this was a tricky perform, a tricky game. When I first saw us drawn against Brentford away under the lights, um, obviously not knowing what sort of squad um, the squads would be like, I was worried. Um, but actually, the kids turned up, and it was a pretty pretty solid performance. Yeah, I think. That is probably like as good as most of us could have expected, really. I, I have to admit, I was sort of jud- uh, dreading it, um, especially with the situation against, against Wolves at the weekend. Uh, I just wasn't expecting that to have gotten any better, basically. But um, for Tuchel to take that risk and actually give players that young chance, I think that's a positive thing. I think even if we'd lost, I think a lot of supporters would be feeling positive about that, obviously. Um not taking anything away from it, but yeah, Carabao Cup, not the not our biggest priority this season, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, as you say, to be in to be in another semi-final uh, under Tuchel, who's proving to be a really good cup manager, um, mm. is a positive thing. And obviously you want to be fighting for for all the silverware, but the the f- the fixture congestion is quite something now at this stage. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. I mean, yeah, when you think about it, the two the two um, Spurs games, of course, we drew in the semi-finals, but we played after Liverpool, in between Man City, uh, either side of Man City, and then we got Spurs in the league after that as well. So, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting few weeks, to say the least. I want to talk about the kids, because Sunset Bell and Harvey Vale, especially, and is it Xavi... Xavier? Javier? I'm not sure how you say his name. Xavier Simmons, I think is how mm. you say his name. Um they all looked at home at this level and considering it was a pretty strong Brentford side without Ivan Tony, their only real, you know, he's obviously their main player. He, he was missing, but apart from that, they looked pretty good, didn't they? Yeah. Um, I would say, especially um, Harvey Vale, he looked really sharp, like he could be sort of a squad player. Um, and uh, soon, so I thought, yeah, it was pretty solid. Um 
one moment in particular where he kind of set up uh, Ross Barkley, who could have done better with his shot, I think. Um, so, like so, yeah, all very lot. positive. Simon. Ross Barkley could have done better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <again. laughs> um, which is a shame. But um, I think, yeah, Simon's maybe had the shakier game, but he, he again, had a difficult uh, opponent. I think it's Baptiste on that wing, who is mm. really a really dangerous player, really, really fast and gave him a problem but he still defended pretty well against him and a clean sheet is a clean sheet but um yeah I was particularly impressed with Vale um and I've been thinking about this recently like you know everyone bangs on about Chelsea's depth and like strength and mm. depth I know it's there why what, what I'm starting to think is that we have a lot of players and especially when we've been forced to see a lot of them and a lot of them playing at the same time mm. the depth is there but like how many of those players don't know would you like really like to rely on and I feel like yeah when they all play at the same time it brings our level down significantly mm-hmm. I know that's been enforced by injuries but um yeah so therefore having that base of actual young talent who is worth giving opportunities to rather than a an out of form Barkley or you know I think yeah people giving us credit for strength and depth when actually we just had a lot of players who were we were trying to get rid of who ended up staying in the big being cynical about it but um it's so good that we are producing players that that good i think i hope they make it um but they that experience will will do them a world of good for sure yeah 100 percent. they're almost better players now even just after that 45 minutes or, or 90 minutes or however long they played um but the game did change when we brought the big guns on. You know, uh, Kante came on, Jorginho came on, Mason Mount came on. Now, you know, with those players, you know, Kovacic is back as well. Um, it's slightly more encouraging, isn't it? Ahead of the Premier League this weekend, it was really good for those players to come on, get some time and actually change the game as well. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that is what those players are there for. Um to be honest, yeah, with the, that starting lineup, um, a goalless to get to that point, goalless with mm. a, a dangerous attacking team in Brentford is is no mm. uh, nothing to that should be taken away from them for sure. Um, yeah, and the experience of that, obviously, I think Tuchel probably saw it the same way. Uh, obviously, he always wants to win, but ultimately, that was probably an expendable game and competition from his point of view. Yeah. Um, especially in terms of getting players back. But yeah, I think uh, 15 minutes or so in the legs of those players coming back will be super important. I saw him getting some stick for bringing Kante back. Bringing Kante, yeah. But I mean, that's how it works. When you're bringing a player back from injury, I know he didn't want to play him for the full match against Wolves, Mm. but sort of had to. But um, in a match like a cup game against Brentford, that's fine. Get some get some minutes into his legs. They're not an overly physical side. Yeah. It's a good setting for him to, to kind of build fitness back. But yeah, uh, it often does take that. I feel like Chelsea do that in the cups. We kind of rest players from the start and then get to a point where we need them and then bring them on. And then they, they're the ones who end up winning it for us somehow. But um, <laughs> yeah. Reese James and, and Jorginho. But um, yeah, just football, isn't it? Yeah, we'll, we'll absolutely take that. And and I think, you know, you mentioned there, Chris, that, you know, those players getting to nil-nil when the big guns came on was like no mean feat. However, a big part of that was Kepa, um, who does play in goal for the cup competition. So that was nothing new seeing him starting. But he put in another brilliant performance, made a couple of really key and really, really good saves out of his line quickly. You know, we know he's a good shot stopper. Um, 
but he was brilliant again and that bodes well he, he did the same against Zenit in the in the Champions League which we which we drew but he kept us in that game bodes well for when Mendy goes to the African Cup of Nations doesn't it yeah exactly it's, it's really well timed I'm sure Tuchel saw this game as being well timed with with the Af- AFCON coming up um mm-hmm. gets um get build his confidence. I feel like it's always been a confidence issue with Kepa and he became such an easy target so quickly, I think, when it wasn't going right for him. But um, there's a reason, I know it sounds ridiculous, there's a reason we paid money from him in the first place. Maybe we shouldn't have paid as much as we did, but um, (laughs) he is, there's a total class keeper down there somewhere and I think he has, in his last two appearances, he has shown that. Um, And I think we're much better placed than a lot of clubs in terms of being able to have him come in when... um, when Mendy goes. Um, yeah. Mendy, as it happens, was probably in the worst form he's been in since mm. joining Chelsea. So actually, it's maybe a good opportunity for him to re-establish himself. Um, obviously, Mendy, you would still rather have him there, but you never know. If if we can kind of trigger Kepa's, the old Kepa, rediscover that, could have two top-class goalkeepers in, in, our, in our squad and the ability to rotate when we need to. Yeah, would be very, very handy. Um, I'm so glad we've come into, you know, we're talking about this this um, Carabao Cup quarterfinal win and we can go into this Aston Villa game with confidence. However, the last time out in the Premier League, I predicted it, you predicted it. I think everyone watching those two teams over the last few weeks predicted mm-hmm. it as well. It was the most predictable nil-nil draw I think I've ever seen in my whole life, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, Wolves are experts at that and we're just not... It was the perfect kind of storm for us really wasn't it I think what, what I would say is the positive thing at the moment is that we're not losing these games I think one, this time, I think it's one, one defeat in 18 yeah yeah it's which just is too a many. That, I think it's just yeah those draws almost feel like defeats don't they because of the manner in which we performed and the manner in which the goals were scored against us that makes sense 100% yeah yeah um, mm-hmm. it's happened a few times recently and we're we're all kind of sort of hyper aware of it and obviously a lot of things are playing into it um injuries covid now uh players just lacking confidence up top but now um yeah i mean wolves felt like the very possible lowest point of that and it's a good thing we didn't lose the match but it can only really get better from here and as you said we've got these players coming back um our covid situation seems to have stabilized somewhat um and uh we had, we scored two goals in open play last. Oh well, not open play. One goal in open play. <laughs> sort of looked slightly I mean, more we dangerous didn't last night. We score that one, but we'll take it. You know, yeah, every goal yeah. counts. It was a nice <laughs> move, move before that. Yeah, yeah, it can. Um, it was brilliant. So yeah, I think now it can only get better. And uh, Wolves are experts at that. They've, I think, mm. saw a tweet of their results. They've their last eight were literally all either one nils or nil nils. <laughs> including that game which is just absolutely insane such a boring team anyway um so it's it's good that uh that is out of the way I think the Everton game is perhaps a more frustrating one but I was gonna yeah. say you know Wolves is you know a tough place to go Molyneux can be a really tough place to go so like looking back on the season you know Tuchel said in his post-match after the Wolves game I'm not annoyed about this result it was the Everton result before that that's mm. that's you know irritated me the most so actually in hindsight it's not too bad of a result it's just a bad result in the you know the way our sort of results have been going if that makes sense 
Yeah, I think when that game finished, I was just relieved that we had a point, um, especially with the COVID last... situation, you know, like, yeah. uh, sorry, this, yeah, I'm talking about the Wolves game, with that COVID situation, oh, I was like, this is absolutely perfect. And I kind of, I wasn't sure he did the right thing by coming up before the game and saying, we wanted this game cancelled and we don't want to yeah. play this game. So I thought that mentality might kind of seep in and they would, they would play in that way. And in the first half, yeah. they weren't great, but the second half, they were right on it, uh, which showed a real improvement but yeah Everton um <laughs> just it, was, it felt like Burnley again didn't it I just don't yeah, know how I, we're I, I, conceding goals yeah. in these games yeah silly silly defending um I just want to talk about um that Wolves game because you mentioned Chelsea were much better in the second half and that mm. did coincide with Saul coming on now it was his best half for Chelsea by a country mile I felt like he he was in that number six position, wasn't he? And he just felt a, a very like a comfortable. He just felt comfortable. He looked comfortable. He was playing those little passes. And I think that's where, I mean, it's frustrating because actually maybe not frustrating. It's maybe a good thing because now, you know, when Jorginho doesn't play, you know, Saul can sit there and you can have Kante and Kovacic either side of him or one or the other. But I was really impressed by his performance, especially given all of the you know, everything that everyone's been saying about him recently and taking that on the chin and coming out and putting a performance naturally, when he came on, Chelsea played much better. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, it was odd. It, it seemed, I think he must be very confident in himself, even though he hasn't played that well. But this, mm. that game, it really looked like he kind of shaken everything off, kind of reset himself and just being like, oh, I'm just going to play my game this time around yeah. not none of it was necessarily spectacular like he, he was just keeping yeah. possession but he did keep us ticking over which is often the case what Jorginho, Jorginho. does and yeah. I think he kind of maybe gave himself a role there I think before we'd all assumed that he was going to be this box-to-box player that um that we'd all seen every now and then playing for Atletico but I don't think like too many yeah. of us can claim to have seen Atletico that many times <laughs> um when he's played we all know that he's been around and been an excellent player for a long time but there is a reason you presume that that Simeone stopped using him as a centre mm. mid and had started using him as a wing back or whatever so yeah. yeah it just felt like he was getting back to his own basics trying to reevaluate what he could be in the Premier League because he's a pretty good tackler and he likes like biting and tackles he's pretty aggressive so that actually mm. suits maybe being a holding player a bit better in the Premier League where yeah. there's less space to just gallop forward like he used to do. Um, mm. So, yeah, I, I actually, I was like, oh, okay, now I can see where he fits. Maybe this guy is a, an alternative to Jorginho rather than yeah. rather than a Kovacic necessarily. Kovacic yeah. yeah, yeah, completely. Um, really happy for him and hopefully, you know, maybe iron up that Brighton game as maybe one where he where he might start yeah, and then I mean, in the league he's going to be needed Spurs, he is going to be needed especially the problems he had in central midfield this season um mm. Chris we've got a big game against Aston Villa who have looked so impressive under Steven Gerrard um they only lost one nil to Manchester City they only lost one nil to Liverpool and that was a penalty um this already feels like we can't drop points again you know, six points. We've gone from being top of the league to six points off the top in a matter of weeks. So I just, do you feel the same? Do you think we can drop points? Can we afford to drop points if, we, if we're going to be legit in this title race? Um, honestly, no, as, as ridiculous as that sounds so early on. As I said, we haven't been losing games, but 
being six points behind City in particular. I'm not so worried about Liverpool. We're I only think... two points. We're two points off Liverpool, aren't we? Yeah, two? so yeah, I think so. Um but yeah, being six points behind City, who I feel uh so yeah, three behind Liverpool, six behind City already. Mm-hmm. Uh the problem with City is this I don't think there's another team in the league who can beat them at the moment while they look capable yeah. of those slip-ups last season it's just not the case this season and obviously we play them soon and on current form you'd expect them to beat Chelsea too yeah. so that's the thing uh we need to uh, that's the only blessing of this time of the season and maybe hopefully we saw the the kind of um uh what's the word some kind of change last night that our fortunes are gonna get better but the fact that we play I mean, now before Man City play one, two, three, four, five, six, six times before the 15th of January now. So. Oh my gosh. We've got yeah. Villa. So we've got Villa, yeah. Brighton, Liverpool. Yeah. yeah. Spurs. Yeah. Great knowledge, by the way. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> Chesterfield. Yeah. Spurs. Yeah. There you go. So, that, yeah. Oh my yeah. God. So that in that in that, that time, Jesus. yeah, I know it's it's a lot. I think before, so that technically means it's make before or break, isn't it? Make or break, yeah. Of, absolutely, yeah. That means so th- the two games against Spurs and Chesterfield are all cup, but um, so, so four Premier League games. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, seven games by the twenty third of January as well, which is crazy. But um. But yeah, at least in 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 the Boxing Day match and in Brighton, there's there's the opportunity to sort of turn things around before we have those massive games against Liverpool and Man City, which will um, probably be the difference between. I mean, that is that is make or break for us. It's unfortunate that the fixture list has fallen that way, but if yeah. City continue winning games, so then Liverpool continue winning the games, so then when we lose one or both of them, then you're sort of cut adrift I mean I don't think we're going to fall out of third but but um don't say that (laughs) but yeah (laughs) yeah, oh gosh I don't want to be looking I don't want to be looking down I want to be looking up no absolutely not but I think it what is it like eight was probably no it's six six points I mean but still I think we're yeah just still have to trust trust what's going on but then I think we'll be okay but I am I'm looking at this fixture against Aston Villa we beat them 3-0 earlier in the season. We didn't deserve to beat them 3-0. That did not tell the story of the game whatsoever. They beat mm. us at Villa Park at the end, the last game of last season, and oh, they were yeah, brilliant. Of course. We were rubbish. It's a bit mm. of a bogey ground for us already. Are you worried at all about the game? They they seem to be in a position now where their COVID cases are okay. Mm. And they're yeah. going to have almost a full squad for, for that game. And they haven't played for a while. Yeah. It's, it's it's a close one I think so we have um, I think Lukaku and uh, Hudson-Odoi have tested negative but, but then yeah. uh, so that means Havertz, Werner and Ben Chilwell they the only ones had, out? Havertz, but Havertz never had a, a positive test did he? He was just ill Oh really? He's not COVID? Yeah so oh, he had a a false positive or he was just not feeling well so he did a test it was negative but I don't actually think I think Havertz will be back I think Havertz, Werner and Hudson um, Lukaku and Hudson yeah Chilwell's out Werner's out yeah so 
in, are they going to be on the bench? They're only going to have trained for one day ahead of the Villa game, pretty much. Yeah, with Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> such a tricky time yeah. of year. Um, Ruben, Ruben Loftus-Cheek. He out as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it would... It's still better than it was, but still nothing close to, to full strength, is it? Um, and yeah, as you say, so I think for some reason in my mind over the years, Aston Villa away has always been a difficult game for Chelsea. I think it is for most teams, to be fair, but um, Chelsea mm-hmm. in particular seems to struggle there. I've got lots of mm-hmm. good memories from from kind of historic victories there. But um at the same time, yeah, I, I never relish it. Um, and you just know they're going to be up I'm for it nothing. and the crowd will be up for it. Um, I'm never confident, never confident when we go to Villa Park. I know we haven't been yeah. to Villa Park for a while, as in like before they obviously came up a couple of years ago, but mm. I don't know. I'm Especially given the state of our squad and the state of their squad. Like Obviously, I know on paper we've got the better players. And like, you know, we've got Kante yeah. back, Kovic back, Jorginho's fine. So we do have... Uh, you know, a pretty good first 11, I think, going with. But my worry is, you know, you saw the Tottenham-Liverpool game the other day and Tottenham hadn't played for a week and a half, but they've obviously been on the training pitch, being worked hard by, by Antonio Conte. And they looked mu- by far the better side against Liverpool. They just looked, yeah. they just, they just looked so fit. And yeah. I think uh, that's my worry with facing Aston Villa is that they've had this time off, they've been able to still train and they're just kind of coming come to this game really fresh and... We're going yeah. to be natural. I imagine they'll they'll fly out of the traps. Um, so we're mm. going to have to be so switched on. I think, yeah, as you say, Gerard's got them playing his way already. They've they've won the games you would expect them to win. I wouldn't have expected them to beat Leicester. Even they won that, and then they've lost the games that again you would expect them to lose. Mm. So they're due a big scalp almost, and uh, <laughs> it feels like it's all lined up for it to be us. But hopefully not. Uh, uh, no. Under the lights, like half five kickoff on Boxing Day. But, um, I'm actually not going to be able to watch it, which I think is quite a good thing because I don't so like. It's going to be a tense one, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm working at Tottenham Crystal Palace, so and that's at mm. three o'clock, so I'll be driving home, which is almost worse. So I have to listen to it on the radio, and I hate listening to it on the radio. But I can't watch <laughs> it, so maybe I'll be it. Maybe I'll be a good. Thing. I'm not watching it, and we might actually win, but <laughs> feeling a bit rubbish about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Fingers crossed, eh? like this is natural. We do do have the strong squad. Hopefully, Lovely. we've got enough players back <laughs> where we can cause an issue. I, just, I don't. I don't know if yeah. any of the players who've had COVID have been symptomatic, because obviously that will matter as well. Because like, yeah. it sounds like when Havertz was actually ill last season, it it ruled kind of just messed him up for a few months. But yeah, I, hope I don't know. Case this time around. <laughs> We will have to wait and see. Who are you most worried about in that Villa team? You know, they've looked brilliant under Steven Gerrard. I thought really, really impressed. Um, John McGinn just seems to be stepping up this season. I was actually going to say, John McGinn is such a good player and he he is the sort of embodiment of their intensities. That, yeah, the, the 3-0 you're on about is when they were kind of... Was that when... Um, met, that was Saul's debut, actually, ironically, wasn't it? That's when he got taken off half time because they were so they were pressing us so intensely yeah. that we couldn't handle it Lukaku yeah. scored twice Lukaku scored twice yes yeah we were definitely lucky in that match um yeah and that if you have that same experience but it's away from home then that's that's the sort of things that games can turn on but um yeah John McGinn yeah. really good player um just get Kante on him obviously yeah, they're just a very good like team team unit. Mm. Uh, I think that is that is the most worrying thing. And Gerard has already seems to have kind of built that togetherness again. I'm not sure they ever lost it when um, Dean Smith was sacked. But 
Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to worry about, but you can never get it's too healthy. carried away. On the day, we'll, we'll have a strong team out. Um, I, hope, I hope we'll be up for it. Mm. The, um, the benefits of that sort of rotation against Brentford yeah. um, ahead of a big game like that, he's been able to Hopefully rest a lot of players. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, Chris, that's all we've got time for. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you all have a very lovely Christmas. If you could drop us a review, it would be very much appreciated. Subscribe if you haven't already and if you've enjoyed what you heard and we'll see you all next time here on wherever you may be.